0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Have you ever felt cheated out of a deal when buying tickets from StubHub only to see that there's a $15 fee at the end of your original purchase? Or have you ever been on Vivid Seats and not even get your tickets? That that actually happened to me once. I ordered a ticket from Vivid Seats and I never got the ticket. And that's why I switched over to TickBick.com, where smart fans buy tickets online, no hidden fees, search and buy now 100% authentic tickets, best price guarantee, 24-7 customer service. Buy, bid on, and sell tickets with the confidence of their 110% guarantee. That's 110% guarantee. They show you the best deals with their algorithms and let you decide 0% Buyer fees. Your ticket is $26. Your pr- your purchase is $26. No joke. The p- most transparent, consumer-friendly ticket marketplace on the web. Authentic, valid tickets... Backed by our 100% money-back guarantee, you'll love your ticketing experience from purchase through the final whistle or out and no hidden fees. Like I said, if it's $26, hell, if it's $8, it is an $8 purchase. Save an average of 10 to 15% on every purchase guaranteed only at TickPick.com. Get your tickets now. Welcome to another edition of The O Show, presented by Belly Up Sports, ALCS Game 2 Recap, and Donnie, my man, we said this was either going to be a great podcast episode, or it was going to be a real depressing podcast episode, and we are getting The O Show Podcast Real Shitty Depressing Episode, What Happened? Okay, let's narrow it down for the people listening who didn't see the game. Uh, Basically, the last two years has been all about Carlos Correa. So in ALCS game two in 2017, he gets the RBI double off of Chapman to win the game two to one. That sent Houston back to New York up two games to nothing. Yankees somehow, someway were able to take game one in Houston, thank God, because it was basically a house of horrors for the past three years for the Yankees. They got swept there this year in the regular season. So they're up 1-0, prime position to take game two. They got to get through the beast in Justin Verlander, who dominated the Yankees, but the Yankees got the one big laugh off of Verlander to keep themselves in the game. They got to Houston's bullpen, which they wanted to do. Doesn't turn out for them in the end, and then Carlos Correa, just like he did in Game Two of the 2017 series, ends it for Houston in Game Two of the 2019 ALCS with a walk-off home run, and it wasn't even close. wasn't a sc- uh, wall scraper, wasn't right out of Judge's grasp. It was about 30 rows deep. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this game
1: kind of broke me a little bit because, like you said, I mean, we, we you know Verlander, you know, pitched well enough, but obviously the big home run by. Judge was huge. Uh, I was very, you know, excited to see Judge get one on the board. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's some, I knew it was coming, you know, because we were pitching J-Hab for crying out loud. I mean, we pitched every single one of our good pitchers that we had left in the bullpen. We, it was only a matter of time at that point. So, you know, not getting a run across in the inning before that uh, was really, you
0: know, the big factor. I, th- I thought it was over when Loisica came in and almost walked the bases loaded. So he walks out Altuve on four pitches, goes 3-0 on Bregman. At that point, you're, you're begging Aaron Boone to bring in Jay Happ because Loisica's cracking under the pressure. He ends up walking Bregman on, I believe, six pitches. He got back in the count, a full count, ends up walking Bregman, and then Jay Happ out of nowhere, just out of his ass. Like, I thought that was it. There's no way Jay haps getting out of this jam with Yuli uh, Gurriel with two outs. Ends up popping up. I'm like, oh, my God, we have a chance. But no point during those extra innings did I feel like we were going to win that game. I just usually I get like a good feeling like they, they're going to pull this out. I, I knew the Astros some way, somehow were able to get that one out. It would have been a dream scenario for the Yankees to come away with a 2 nothing series lead going back to the Bronx. But at the end of the day, isn't this kind of what we asked for? One, at least a 1-1 series lead going back to Game 3?
1: Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like, you know, you, we can we can dramatize it as much as we want, and it's for the most part because the people that are here on the East Coast, it's 1.30 in the morning on a Sunday, so, you know, we're all a little, uh, a little loopy by now. But, you know, like you said, you know, beginning, you know, if you told me, you know, at the beginning of the series that we'd be going to New York 1-1, and I, I would shit my pants because that's, it, you know, it's huge. You know that's huge for us to go back one-one. You know my main concern, you know, going on with game three now is is Severino, and hopefully he won't be tipping any pitches because we saw the Astros tonight. If you follow John Boy on Twitter, he was really on on the ball with uh, Bregman. Was you know, you know, giving guys signs and saying you know move up in the box and all that other shit. So, but yeah, like yeah,
0: I one hundred percent. This is a dream scenario for us, absolutely. And honestly. I would have loved to go up game two, like win game two, go up 2 0 in the series more than any other Yankee fan in the world, maybe not as much as you. But this was going into this series. All right, you got Verlander in game two. You got to take game one against Granky. They do that convincing fashion. And when you're up game one, you go into game two like, we're going to beat Verlander. We're going to go up 2 0 in the series. We're going to crack this curse that Houston is the house of horrors. And like you mentioned, you saw with Alex Bregman first, uh, I think it was in his first or second at bat. Basically, was he said glove? I think he got on base with a walk against um, God, Paxton. I can't even remember who started. It's been so long. It's been such a frustrating and long night. James Paxton only made it two and a third innings tonight. But Bregman, after he got on for the first time, signaled to the dugout, said glove, and then touched his cap. So obviously, there was something like they were taking the Yankee signs and using them to uh, their advantage. It doesn't really help him in the end. I mean, this game ends up going 11 innings. Neither team had a hit for five innings until that 11th inning when Gardner hit the single. But it's good to know going into game three because Luis Severino is prone to tipping pitches. We've seen it multiple times during his young Yankee career. And this is a must game, a must win in game three because if you can't prove that you can beat Garrett Cole, you saw what Verlander was able to do to them tonight in seven innings. Who's to, who's to tell if we can actually pull this series out? Because I don't think it's going to be like the 2017 ALCS. It's already not because the Yankees picked up a win on the road. If we can beat Houston in Houston, then Houston can beat New York in New York.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's definitely it's two different teams. I mean, the Yankees are a different team. The Astros are a different team. As good as, as Dallas Keiko was for the Astros in 2017, he's not Garrett Cole. And he never will be – he'll never be the same type of pitcher as Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole is, you know, just in the division series alone was as dominant as any pitcher I've seen in, in the postseason in quite some time, you know, shy of bat Madison Bumgarner. Uh Yeah, I mean, listen, we have to take advantage of the games at home for sure. Um, you know, if we could win two out of the three and go to game six, you know, with a chance to win – that would be huge, um, you know, because the thing is, is that, so I, I'm not saying that I don't think that they can beat Cole, but if you go down 2-1 and you're going up against a, an opener in game four uh, and then game five is Granky in, in New York, which, you know, I'm sure the fans are going to be uh, a little raucous towards Granke, uh, when he if, when he comes up in game five. Um, so I think if anything, I think we, you know, again, you know, you want to give me a dream scenario here. You know, I think winning two out of three in in New York is huge. If we could do that and
0: give, you know, give us a chance to win it in Houston in game six, that's all, all, all we can ask for. Well, I think the biggest thing going into game two, so you win game one at this point, when you really think about it, this game not only hurts from the perspective that it was just an all around frustrating game for the Yankees. They taxed out everybody in their bullpen. I mean, they had to go to Loaizga and Happ at the end. That's like worst-case scenario for Aaron Boone to turn to those two guys in the pen. We saw CC get a batter, almost walked. Uh, Jordan Alvarez ends up pulling away with, uh, or I think it was Michael Brantley. Michael Brantley, he uh, got to ground out to Gleyber Torres for his only batter in that game. But the bullpen's taxed, and in game three, Luis Severino, we've touched on it multiple times. He's not going to go more than six innings like if he goes six innings it's gonna be because he threw 70 pitches you know like you expect him to go four maybe five innings then Boone's gonna have to turn to his bullpen who is absolutely taxed in this game you're gonna get one day rest Ottavino has looked awful honestly in every appearance that he's made this postseason thus far has not been the same pitcher he was in the regular season, and now you got to go up against Garrett Cole in Game 3, who hasn't lost a game since May 26th. He's 18-0 and 0 since May 26th. I mean, geez Louise, I mean, this... And going up 2-0 in Houston, let's say you go up 2-0, you win the first two games on the road. Now you're set up to win two out of three at home and end this thing in five games. Now, best case scenario, yes, you sweep at home and then advance, but That's not going to happen again. I don't think every team is going to win every game at home this uh, series. It's already been proven they didn't in game one. And I think Houston's taken at least one in this series. And if we go up 3-2, going back to Houston in game six, a lot of flashbacks are going to come in my mind. I don't know about you, buddy, but a lot of flashbacks from two years ago are coming into my mind because then you got Verlander in game six in Houston again and then Cole in game seven if it goes seven. Yeah.
1: If, if it goes to that. Obviously, listen, you know, hopefully it doesn't. If, you know, somehow they, you know, win all three games in, in New York, that'd be sick, and I think we'd all be, uh, you know, very excited and, and, and whatnot, but I don't think it's going to happen. You don't think it's going to happen. I don't think anybody does. Um, like I said, just for the sheer fact that, A, Cole's pitching, and even if, you, even if Severino comes out and throws six innings, which if he does, I will literally shit everywhere if he does because that – that is, that I, it's, it's very, it's very unlikely that he goes six. You know, I think we both know it's very unlikely he goes six. But if he does, and somehow they get to Cole, they get a couple of, they scratch a couple of runs across. You know, uh, Yankee Stadium home run maybe, uh, and then the bullpen comes out. You know, you, you know they're going to lose in one of those two, ne- the next two games because everybody's going to expect them to win. Everybody's going to expect them to win the bullpen game, and everyone's going to expect them to beat Zach Frankie, because he's, you know, been horrible in the playoffs.
0: So, do you think a game three obviously favors Houston, but do you think that Houston ultimately wins game three and then we take game four and five?
1: So, I don't know. It's, it's weird. So, like, I, I said last night uh, that I felt like last night was a trap game because everybody kept saying, like, oh, Granky this, Granky that, Granky stinks, Granky's crazy, blah, 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 which, you know, all turned out to be pretty true. You know, he did not fare well against the Yankee lineup last night. Labor Torres showed why he's – one of the best players in baseball at only 22 years old. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think if anything, like I, my, what my expectation would be is to lose game three and then win two and, you know, win four and five if we can. That would be my expectation. That would be best-case scenario for me, other than obviously, you know, pulling the miraculous three-game sweep in, in New York and, you know, moving
0: on. I think game three is crucial. Now, I agree with you. Game one to me, everybody's like, oh, Granky stinks granky this cranky that i'm like what are the chances cranky goes 7 strong only gives up one run and then we lose i thought that was very very doable in game 1 which would have put us in a very tough spot i said it on uh, last night's recap pod that game 1 was a must win for the yankees like if they lost game 1 they i think it was almost definite that they could lose the series
1: absolutely yeah no game 1 was a must win for sure the fact that they won in such a decisive fashion was huge and you know what, I think that they, they'll look back on tonight and they'll say, hey, you know, we had a couple of chances here and there, but for the most part, our bullpen did its job, our bullpen kept us in the game, you know, the the, the Astros were at least, I think one for nine with runners in scoring position tonight, maybe more, it was one for eight at one point, I know that for a fact because they showed it on the screen, but, so the bullpen did its job, you know, shout out to, you know, every single one of the guys except for J. App, which again, like I said, you know what's you know you're you're putting Jay Happ into the game you know it's only a matter of time at that point and like i said the whole and we'll, we'll get to the Gary at bat in a minute i'm sure but you know it's only a matter of time at that point when you can't get a, when you can't scratch or run across their bullpen
0: now okay so let's recap it from the start so and we will get to that Gary at bat cuz i think that had karma written all over it for what yeah. transpired so obviously going into this game James Paxton versus Justin Verlander favored Houston 158%. And uh, James Paxton only goes two and a third innings. Didn't pitch bad. Only gave up the one run. But Boone was not taking anything for granted here. Wasn't taking any chances. Went straight to Chad Green in the third inning to get out of trouble. I think it was runners on first and second and one out. So what, do you, what, do you, what did you like from Paxton? What did you not like from Paxton? And do you trust him in a game six scenario? Into the
1: game, so I didn't get to see Paxton but I have my buddy uh, you know, giving me updates throughout the game, and he said that Paxton uh, did not have great command. Uh, he said that the, you know, that was pretty much the reason why they took him out of the game. Uh, it, maybe he was tipping his pitches too. I don't know. Right. Um, you know, the, the Astros seem to know, you know, better than anybody else. You know, when something like that that happens, uh, you know, they 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 learned in the uh, Carlos Beltran school of tipping pitches or uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if I, I don't know if I can, can say that I trust him in Game Six. I think that it, the problem is, is that I almost would rather pitch him into Game Seven because it's all hands on deck. But at the same time, like you know, you have Tanaka in Game Seven, so you know you trust him to go deep into the game if need be. Uh, you know, and I don't know. I, I, am like kind of like mixed on on Paxton right now.
0: I, 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 do you think they go Tanaka if they go Game Seven? Obviously, he's their best pitcher right now. I, they think, should, they should, yeah. I think I think if should. they go down, I think if they go down two to one. Let's say they lose to Cole in Game Three. I think they go Tanaka on short rest for Game Four, because then if you're down two to one, it's a bullpen game. You don't know what's going to happen in that Game Four. It's going to be an offensive slugfest. I go Tanaka in Game Four if you go down two one.
1: Yeah, I I honestly wasn't thinking that, but you know what? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know what Tanaka's numbers on, on short rest are. I know he's always pitched better with more rest, but I'm sure, the, you know, in the playoffs, Tanaka's, Tanaka's nails in the playoffs. So, you know, I think that they're going to start that Euriquity kid or whatever. I guess he's a, you know, rookie or, or whatever, but he's not he's not great. And they, they left Wade Miley off the roster uh, completely because, you know, the Yankees are so right-handed heavy. So, yeah, I mean, if that's – if they go down 2-1, I wouldn't – be surprised if they go on deal with Tanaka knock on short rest because you can still bring it back at, at in game seven if need be.
0: So I think it was Correa who had the RBI double off packs and that put them up one nothing. I was also at work. I had a, a soccer broadcast. I was watching the game on my laptop while calling soccer action. so yeah. you can only imagine how that went watching that back and forth game the entire night. but after that, so they're down one nothing. Verlander shutting him down. Doesn't give up a hit in the first three innings. At that point, you're like, okay, he's got his A stuff. Hopefully, we can just keep it to one run and keep this interesting. Because with Paxton in the bullpen, you didn't really know what you were going to get. They could have easily imploded. But like you said, props to the bullpen tonight. Everybody stepped up. Even Jay Happ did in that bottom of the 10th inning. He did give up the first inning. Like a really bad pitch to Carlos Correa right down the dick. But as I was saying, like, so Verlander's pitching well. Top of the fourth inning, Aaron Judge does what Aaron Judge does. Hits it to the farthest part of the park. I was watching Giancarlo's home run last night. A missile to the hardest or to the longest part of the park. Judge makes it look even easier. Two-run home run. That puts you up two to one, and that finally gives you the confidence that, hey, maybe we can hit this guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny. I was talking to my buddy, like I said, you know, he's uh, in. And I was saying that, you know, Judge has been so good throughout the postseason and, you know, like he hasn't done like anything like he hasn't hit a home run. And, you know, a lot of time you know, it's a lot of the things he does get overlooked when he doesn't hit a 500 foot home run. And what does he do? He hits a home run, you know, gets the Yankees on the board. And, you know, I think that I honestly thought that that was going to really be, you know, the 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 uh, the, the change in the game, but. Uh, Verlander does what Verlander does. You know, he came back and he, you know, pitched phenomenal for the rest of the time that he was in there. I'm surprised they took him out when they did. I thought he was going to keep going, but um, you know, like it didn't seem to obviously matter considering you know the end result. But
0: I, I think taking Verlander out in that situation, they have to save him at some point because I think he came back out in that seventh inning. He was already over 100 pitches, and you're going to need him on short rest if the Astros go down in the series. Because you know they're not going cranky for Game Five if they're down three-one or even if it's two-two. Yeah, no, that's true. And, yeah, they, they,
1: um, yeah, I, that's that's very true. And like you said, I think he was over a hundred and I think at hundred and eleven pitches or something like that. So, um, and, and they have a decent bullpen. I mean, the, the bullpen obviously did did their job tonight. You know, I mean, every single one of them. Um. So you know, but. Like I said, you know, it,
0: it, it, that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think, uh, so judge it to the home run. And just like you, I'm thinking, okay, this is, this is the opportunity for the Yankees to strike. Chad Green comes in. Was absolutely phenomenal. I, I don't agree with taking him out. He only had 27 pitches. Uh, yeah, born agree. and bred starter. I feel like he could have gone a little bit longer. I know you want to save your relief guys because you're basically relying on them this entire series. But he was pitching so great. And then Adam Adovito, who has not pitched well at all this postseason thus far. You saw him coming against the Twins twice, walked Nelson Cruz twice. That was it. Pitched an inning last night. I guess he pitched pretty well. But tonight, first pitch, hanging curveball, and it was smacked onto the train tracks.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, so the, I, I got into the car as soon as they brought – Adavino in, and, and Sterling and, and Susan Waldman were saying like, you know, why are you bringing you know know, in? Like, you know, especially considering that 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 uh, Chad Green struck out the first batter that he he faced too. So I know it's I know you're going to the top of the lineup. It's different. It's different animal. And Springer is one of the most prolific uh, you know postseason players the Astros have had in their entire you know history. But like I said, you know Adavino's control has been spotty throughout the year uh and it's been very spotty in the playoffs obviously like you said you know walking nelson cruz the two times that he faced him in the lds he looked good last night but again that was in a game that was a little more you know out of hand at that point i would have kept green in there for sure uh like you said he was a starter you know you know for his entire career basically before he got to the yankees uh yeah, I, I would have kept him in. I think that that's a, that was a pivotal point in the game, and, it, and it's going to get overlooked now because the game went to 11 innings or whatnot, but I don't think that Boone should get off the hook for it.
0: I, I think maybe he's thinking ahead like he did with Tanaka. I think they took Tanaka out of the game so he, that he could throw on short rest if they needed him to, if they were down 2-1. to one. But let's say the Yankees win game three. They conquer Garrett Cole in the Astros. Then Chad Green, I'm assuming, would be the opener in game four.
1: Exactly, that's true. But, uh, so, in, I would assume that regardless, I mean, I don't know, actually. I take that back because they do have the day off tomorrow. I think that, that, that Green can come back on Thursday or on uh, on, on Tuesday if you need him to. Uh, maybe for an inning. I wouldn't expect him to go much more than that considering he'll probably end up being the opener on Thursday. On, uh, on Wednesday. Um, but, yeah, no, I... I don't know. I mean, I like I said, I, I would have kept him in there regardless. I don't. I, I know you have to plan ahead for everything, but with the day off tomorrow, I think that you know is a huge factor in everything. And I think that's why he went to the bullpen so so quickly too, um, because you know, I mean, Paxton Paxton made you know enough pitches where he got out of the inning in the second. He probably could have gotten to at least the third, and maybe you could have brought Green in a fresh inning. But you know, maybe because of the day off, you bring him in a little
0: early. I think that was definitely a gut reaction call by Boone. He saw Paxton struggling. It was the third inning. Like, you'd expect Paxton to go at least five this time. Couldn't couldn't get it out of the fifth in game one against the Twins. Doesn't get out of the third against the Astros in game two. And he's definitely not a guy I w- would be confident in in a game six or a game seven. Obviously, game seven, all hands on deck, like you said. But after today, I don't think James Paxton, to me, is a guy I want to turn to at all for the rest of the postseason, maybe in, like, a big relief appearance for two innings or so, but nothing more than that.
1: Yeah, I mean, my trust level with him is is, is almost at the point with Adovino. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, You know, it's not at that point yet because I think, like, you know, I've seen flashes from Paxton at least, but Ottavino you know, and Adovino, I haven't really. But, yeah, I mean, it, I'm, they're obviously going to go to him in, in, in Game Six if, they, if it comes to that point. If it's you know, but I, it's, we're going to be walking on eggshells throughout the entire game if, if, that, if we get to a Game Six.
0: So Ottavino gives up the home run to Springer. George Springer, arguably the most intimidating guy in that lineup to me. I feel like he can hit one over the train tracks every time he comes up with that short porch in left field. It's like three twenty-five down the line. So it's two-two. Yeah. And basically, after the sixth inning, nothing happened. I think there was one hit. DJ LeMayhew had a single in the sixth inning. Let's talk about that sixth inning, though, because uh, Brett Gardner was up. Runners on second and first with two outs. Gardner hits a sharp one hopper to Altuve. He boots it. And just like that, you see Phil Nevin waving DJ LeMayhu around third coming home. And I knew as soon as... I think it was Correa picked up the ball and threw it home. I'm like, DJ's not even going to be close.
1: Yeah, um, so I've kind of like went back and forth with that play. Um, you know, it's, it's tough because I understand wanting to be aggressive. Uh, you know, they, they did the opposite last night with D.D. Um, you know, D.D. was halfway around, you know, the third base bag, and they pulled him back. So, you know, maybe Nevin... Was trying to be a little more aggressive tonight, but again, I don't think you can be that aggressive in a game like that. I think you have to take, you know, you have to be, you have to put the faith in your 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 offense, who hit almost close to 300 with runners in scoring position in the regular season, over 300 with runners in scoring position in the playoffs so far. And I think you just have to go, you have to just, like I said, you have to, you know, put faith in your offense. Don't do anything stupid, especially you know with two outs in a and a, t- a two two game where. You know, runs are going to be at a premium. Um, I would have just—I would have held him up, you know, and given, uh, I believe it would have been Archella a chance to to knock him
0: in there. I mean, that ball didn't even trickle that far away from Altuve. I'm like, all right, bases loaded, here we go. And I'm like, he's rounding third, here we go. He's going to be out by 10 feet. And I think Gardner was hitting fifth, so it would have been Gary Sanchez with the bases loaded and two outs. Yeah. A huge situation in that game, and the, we'll never know what would have happened. And, of course, the next five innings, nothing happens offensively. There's a couple scares. Astros have a few guys in scoring position via a walk, but there was no hits for about five innings. I think D.J. LeMahieu's single was the last hit until the top of the 11th when Brett Gardner hit a single. So the Yankees had runners on second and first with two outs. Gary Sanchez at the plate, top of the 11th. This is towards the end of the game. And this is the moment where we're like, okay, this at-bat was cursed because – Not only was it a phenomenal at bat from Gary Sanchez, really hung in there, fouled off maybe four or five pitches with two strikes, and then all of a sudden, one-two curveball in the dirt, he goes after, it's obvious that it was a strike, swinging strike three in the dirt. Umpire immediately calls it foul after Gary kind of pointed it out for him, and they're like, okay, foul ball, at bat continues. They check the replay. Not even close. Even John Smoltz, now you could say John Smoltz is kind of anti-Yankees whenever he commentates for them. He Even he was just like, oh, not even close. That's, that's despicable. That's disgraceful how he missed that call. And Houston couldn't challenge it because he can't challenge balls and strikes. So at that moment, you're like, okay, he's either going to strike out on this next pitch, or he's going to hit a three-run homer into the cross box and everybody's going to go insane. Like everybody's going to say, oh, those fucking Yankees, they're, they're the worst. But, uh, Gary Sanchez ends up taking a called strike three on the outside corner, a pitch that hadn't been called all night. It was clearly outside. I think after swinging through that pitch before and getting away with the foul ball, that the at bat was cursed from there. There was karma coming and it happened on the next pitch.
1: Yeah, no, that was, it was 100% a makeup call for the, the, uh, for the swinging, you know, strike foul tip, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um. But the, the fact of the matter is, is, is the thing that's going to get lost because it was such an egregious strike three call, and, and listen, I, I understand where the umpire's coming from. He realized that he made a mistake and he had to make up for it. Gary probably should have swung the bat, though, because if that if it's that close with two strikes, I mean, that's fundamental baseball. You're supposed to swing at anything close with two strikes. And he did. He had a phenomenal at-bat. He fouled off four or five hundred mile an hour fastballs from Josh James. He was on every single one of them, and even the even when they, you know, because because James threw like four or five fastballs in a row, and then John Smoltz, you know, said he's like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he spikes a curveball here just to try to keep him honest. And he did. He spiked a couple of curveballs. Gary fouled off a couple of curveballs too, and you know. But like I said, he should have swung at that. He should have swung. Really, that's what it comes down to.
0: I mean, all those foul balls that he had were on the, the outside corner. James came at him with the fastball, and basically it was the same pitch that he threw on one and two again. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the, there, there's
1: a couple of plays that we're going to be able to, you know, we're going to come back to. And, you know, it's, it's that one, and obviously the, the D.J. you play too. But that's a play where it should have been, uh, like I said, he should have he swung. You know, we can say all we want. Oh, you know, that's a make-up call, it, well, which it was. It was 100% a make call. But at the same time, you know, he's got to make – he's got to swing. He's got to swing the bat.
0: And then that leads us to the bottom of the 11th where our hearts were shattered. I, I think as the ball was flying over the wall, I just got up. I'm like, you ready to review this? You're like, yep, let's go. Correa hit it like 40 rows back. And you've you mentioned it throughout the show – J.A. Happ with J.A. Happ were on borrowed time because sooner or later that Jimmy Jack was going to happen and it happened first pitch, literally when they got back from commercial break. It was literally no more than two seconds as they got back from commercial break. First pitch, ding-dong, 40 rows deep the other way. The way Correa acted, though, I thought it was like, oh, it's right down the line. This may be close. Like, everybody's erupting. Like, he's looking into the dugout. But, like, that was clearly, like, he, he squared that one up waited back on it, took it the other way, kept his hands inside, and sent the Yankees packing back to the Bronx with a 1-1 series tie.
1: Yeah, um, you know, like you said, I mean, we were 100% on borrowed time when it came with, with J-Hatt for sure. Um, and, you know, the thing that's going to get overlooked again, and this is just kind of something stupid. I saw, I have to give credit where credit's due here. I saw a tweet from Feidelberg uh, over at Barcelona Sports uh, he said it was kind of a weird celebration because he, like, went into it. He looked at his own dugout and did the can you hear me or I can't hear you celebration, which is odd because you're at home. Um, and that would have made a lot more sense if it was on the road because I'm sure that, you know, Yankee fans would be chirping him non- nonstop. But it's a little weird celebration there. But, yeah, no one, but like I said, you know, 40 rows deep, you know, uh, no doubter. Um, you know, the pitch was right in his wheelhouse, right in the outside corner. Uh, and now, like I said, now we go back to game, now we go back to the Bronx, game, you know, at least 1-1, like I said. That was the dream scenario going into the series, so that's all we can really hope for, and that's what happened, and now we got to hope and pray that Stevie's on his, on his A game for in game three.
0: I honestly would have rather taken a Justin Verlander complete game shutout, lose like 4 nothing than this, because this one's just, like you had a chance to win this game,
1: I would be and you didn't. Right Shut up.
0: I mean, that that's kind of like what everybody kind of predicted going in. Like, he pitched well, but he gave up the one home run to judge that made it seem like, okay, the Yankees are in this game. And they had the lead for two innings. And then the home run from Correa just shatters everybody's heart. The way it went down, yes, 1-1 was, honestly, in my head, the best-case scenario. I didn't think they'd go up 2-0. But the fact that they did at the very end there, it's kind of heartbreaking. And yeah, game three, Severino, Garrett Cole, Having Garrett Cole at home was huge. I think we all knew that when the Rays won game four, when we were getting, we knew we were getting Garrett Cole in game three at Yankee Stadium, but also for an advantage for the Astros after winning game two, it's 1-1, Garrett Cole on the mound at Yankee Stadium at a uh, four o'clock start time where there's probably going to be lurking shadows in the batter's box and at the pitching mound, which means that the Yankees might not be able to pick up on Garrett Cole's awesome arsenal through the first four or five innings.
1: Yeah, I mean, the same could be said for Severino, too, though, with the Astros. You know, I mean, obviously, we hope that he's not tipping any of his pitches, but if it is, you know, I haven't checked the weather, but if it is going to be a sunny day with, you know, the shadows shadows looming, you know, around the, the start of the game, you know, it, it could be, you know, nothing, nothing going into the sixth or the seventh inning, um, you know, just because of that alone, um, you know, I don't know. You know, it's funny. I know Cole is is awesome, and you know, I, he's been awesome for the two years that he's been in Houston. And you know, everything changed once he went, once he got to Houston. But you know, something—I don't know—just something about you know him pitching in Yankee Stadium is just kind of giving me a little bit of hope. I guess uh, he's gonna get destroyed. You know, especially because. You're going to see it on Tuesday. You know, I'm sure we'll see it tomorrow, too, when they're previewing the game. Everyone's going to talk about it, how Garrett Cole turned down the Yankees in high school to go play for UCLA, and then he ended up being the number one overall pick three years later. Grew up a Yankee fan, blah, blah, blah. We're going to see all. I'm going to tell you, it's going to happen, you know, probably starting tomorrow, if, you know, if not earlier. Um, you know, so I don't know. I just have a weird feeling that there's like, you know, the narrative is, there, there's a narrative out there that he could, you know, not that he's going to implode or anything, but I could see him giving up a couple of cheapies.
0: Oh yeah. That short porch definitely going to benefit both teams, honestly. But to, to me, Garrett Cole, who hasn't lost since May 26th, has the clear advantage over Luis Severino. Severino could throw five shutout innings or he could go three innings and give up five runs. I still don't have like complete faith in Luis Severino to absolutely shut down this Astros offense. I don't know about you.
1: No, I don't either. Um, and, the, and the thing is, it's like a, like you know, like we talked about, like the, the shadows are going to be a big factor here for sure. Uh, but Severino is a wild card, you know. We I think we all know for the most part what Cole's going to give you. He's going to give you length. He's going to try and strike everybody out, you know, and. We gotta hope, like I said, you know. I think we gotta hope that we get a couple of cheapies, maybe. You know, I would am, I would assume that Hicks will be starting in that game, uh, considering he came and pitch hit in the ninth tonight. Um, you know, you're gonna want to get as many lefties in there against them as possible. You know, so it'll be Guardy uh, Hicks and uh, actually, I don't know if you could start Guardy or not. Actually, no, you you probably could. Well, I'm Stanton's kidding.
0: down now. And Stanton against Garrett Cole, I don't like anyways, if he's able yeah, to go with that quad that's, that's injury. I, th- I think you have Gardner in left, Hicks in center, and that's, uh, that's basically it. Those are the only two lefties, really. And
1: Didi. And Didi, D- 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 yeah. And uh, Didi, those are the only three.
0: I think Yankee Stadium is going ca- like to cause to be, or it's going to prove to be very beneficial for the Yankees against Garrett Cole. I don't think he's going to sh- throw eight shutout innings. I could see him going six innings, giving up three runs. Because get a couple runners on, I think he's going to give up a big blow. I think Yan- the Yankee Stadium crowd's going to get to him. Houston in the playoffs on the road have always proven to be iffy anyways. So hopefully that plays a factor here like it did in 2017.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, is like, you know, I mean, the guys in Houston's players literally said in 2017, they they're like, yeah, we were a little rattled by the crowd. You know, like we were one hundred. You know, they got to us a bit. You know, it was a little more than we expected. And you know, listen, they won the World Series that year, whatever. You know, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But you know, home field event, or the home field does make a difference.
0: And what we saw two years ago, twenty seventeen, they win all three. You go back one one again. This is what we wanted one one. Obviously, game two's a heartbreaker and it stings. But we go back one one. I think that we can. I think we have a chance to win all three. I don't think anybody else would agree with that statement. Obviously, two out of threes, the respectable case scenario here for most fans. But, like, if it's like two years ago and the Astros continue to prove that they can't win games on the road and the Yankees get to Garrett Cole, I think if the Yankees get to Garrett Cole in game three, they have a real shot to win all three. Yeah,
1: no, they definitely do. I, I, I wouldn't put it past them to win all three for sure. You know, but you know, like at the same time, like I, like I think the best case scenario game, and then winning uh, against.
0: I mean, it's going to be interesting. I think obviously going into this, you kind of have to go in with the expectation to win all three. You, I, I just to me going back to Houston for Game Six, they have to be up at least three two. They have to take at least two games in this series because I don't think they can win going down three two facing Verlander and Cole in the next two games. No, they. If they,
1: if they go down 3-2 going into game six, they're screwed. It's, you know, there's no doubt in my mind.
0: All right, so game three, Tuesday night, Sevy versus Cole. Yankee Stadium better be rocking because it's the biggest game of the year, and it's a 4 o'clock start. It's not prime time, but it's the biggest game of the year. The O Show is presented by Belly Up Sports. Be bold, stand out. Check out all the latest content at bellyupsports.com. Check out the Belly Up Sports shop as well. Selling our pink tees with 50% um, commission going to the Susan G. Komen Foundation. Go pick up your shirt, Donnie. It's for a good cause. I'm going to pick up mine. Uh, We're also presented by TickPick. Number one ticket marketplace based in New York City that allows no hidden fees. And On that note, let's go Yanks. Hit it, Hootie.